This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 261, The Secret of Kells. Am I a commoner? podcast with the rotoscopers the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you each episode we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring disney dreamworks pixar and everything in between from hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation so hop on your nerdy couch grab some snacks and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode Hello, Animation Addicts. My name is Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. Morgan, have you ever been to Ireland? No, but I would love to go to Ireland. Ireland, Scotland. My mom's side is from Ireland and my dad's side is from Scotland. So Uh, I need to go. I need to go. Yes. And I also, a good friend of mine is visiting Ireland right now. And so she's posting all of this on Instagram. And I'm just like, ah, I would love to be there because that just looks so cool. And then like my cousin went uh, like in 2020, like literally the week of the lockdowns. And it was crazy because she had to like figure out how to get out. But the whole thing, I would definitely 100% love to go at any point in time, but that can't be today, so I'm just going to have to deal with the fact <laughs> that we're watching Cartoon Saloon and learning about Irish culture. We will learn. Let us do it. So now we will be even more ready when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So let's jump into this movie. This movie has been highly requested. 
so many people have always mentioned, hey, do Secret of Kells, do Secret for of Kells. For years. For years, yes. The release date was March 3rd, 2009, or you could say February 11th, 2009. It was released in France and Belgium a little bit before, but that was that. The film was directed by Tom Moore and Nora Twomney, and the budget was $8 million, and in the box office, it did $3.5 million. So not really crazy, not a huge success. I do want to talk about the studio. The studio is Cartoon Saloon. Now, Cartoon Saloon was founded in 1999 by three founders, Paul Young, Tom Moore, and Nora Twomney, two of which directed this film. It's headquarters in Kilkenny, Ireland. And this basically was founded after the three founders that, you know, they graduated animation school. Secret of Kells was the first film they began working on almost immediately, but it didn't really enter full production until 2005. And like many fledgling studios, they had to take on corporate work and do advertisements in order to keep the studio afloat um, while they were trying to secure financing for this film. They've done a few things in, you know, the advertisement TV commercial space, and they finally released the film in 2009. And afterwards, they got offers to, you know, for partners or to be bought out, but they ultimately choose chose to remain independent. So Secret of Kells was nominated for an Academy Award. It lost to Up. But never fear, they have continued to do many great things. They have four feature-length films, The Secret of Kells, The Song of the Sea, The Breadwinner, and Wolf Walkers, three of which are part of this Irish folklore trilogy, which they set out to do, which is Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, and Wolf Walkers, not Wolf Wakers. <laughs> so that is just a little, a little bit about Cartoon Saloon. I feel like this is a studio that ever since it came on the scene, people were talking about it. They were talking yeah. about their films. It wasn't just a really obscure, newer, smaller studio. They just always made a big splash. And I think this first film, you know, Secret of Kells, which we're going to be talking about today, was a really, really fantastic film for them for a variety of ways. It really got on a lot of people's radar and really helped to make them a well-known, well, I wouldn't say a well-known name, but... Amongst the animation circles, it's well-known. Yes. Yep. (laughs) I mean, the average person isn't going to have any idea anything outside of disney so (laughs) they're gonna think the dreamworks is disney right exactly which you know give it 10 years and maybe they'll buy out dreamworks as well who knows (laughs) (laughs) but i look at cartoon saloon and the total quality that comes out of this studio is just amazing to me especially when you mention the budget of only eight million dollars Yes, the budget was $8 million and it didn't gross much more. Like, it, it didn't really make back its money theatrically. But I feel like it was a testament to what can be done today. Because you still look at all of these other big-time studios that are spending $40, $50, 80000000 million on a movie. And it just doesn't have nearly the amount of public chatter, right. I guess, that you get from this movie. I think a lot of it has to do with the 2D aspect because 2D is not a thing particularly anymore. Right. And so I think that had its own level that it brought to it. But I looked at a lot of videos behind the scenes today and there was one where Thomas Moore was talking about how while he and his cohorts were in animation school, they got a hold of a VHS of The Thief and the Cobbler. He said that it was one of the most transformative experiences watching this movie and seeing what came out of that. And because they were able to take Persian art 
and bring it in and make it just so um, unbelievably appealing to the eye. He thought maybe we can do this with the Irish culture and with Irish artwork. And so the very first movie that he was thinking of was, okay, what is some of the Irish like lore or Irish something that I can put to animation? And one of the most famous bits of artwork from Irish culture was the Book of Kells. And he makes a joke at one point where he was like, oh, yeah, we we didn't really know exactly how we were going to get it all done. And we were just I was just looking at this thinking there's there's got to be a movie here. There's got to be a movie here. And we all joked around saying the kids would come to their moms and say, Mom, I want to watch the movie about the medieval monks and they're making a manuscript. Please, that's all I want to see. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you know, there's a lot of things that we learned through the process and actually getting funding and actually creating a story. To me, it makes a lot of sense. Even watching this, I could see similarities to The Thief and the Cobbler in style and execution. Oh, absolutely. And to an extent, story. (laughs) But we'll get to that. (laughs) They were very much influenced by Thief and the Cobbler. They said that Richard Williams, the unfinished masterpiece, was always very influential to them. And definitely in the art style with a lot of these geometric designs Mm -hmm. and the symmetry uh, was something that I noticed. The backgrounds. Yeah, the backgrounds, you know, people would be standing in a circle and Uh it'd all be completely symmetrical and and they'd leave in, in the same sort of pattern. Very visually appealing. Yes. This movie, very intricate, which I think is the Book of Kells. Likewise, is that it's basically this manuscript. It has 340 leaf and 680 pages. And it's it's a Christian book. It has part of the, the Gospels in it and called an illuminated manuscript, which basically means that it's a manuscript that has all these artistic flourishes to it. So there, there's going to be very intricate detail and drawings and just designs all around. And if you look at the book, it's just mind blowing some of the detail that's there. Well, and they used real flakes of gold and silver, which make it illuminated. So it catches Mm. the light on it. I decided because after I got done with this movie, honestly, I felt like, am I dumb? Do I, am I missing something because no! this ends? And I just feel like I am completely out of touch with what just happened because the pacing was really odd to me. I feel like I was missing something. I was just this commoner, too dumb to really appreciate the film. I don't know, <laughs> you know? And then I get to this point where I'm like, I really have to figure out what I just watched because the first half, I felt like it was building up to some great fight against this death monster, the the Crom Crook, which I like to refer to as the death snake monster. Mm. I learned about this. Uh, it was actually a pagan subject of worship prior to the arrival of St. Patrick. And the people who worshipped him also had sacrificial rituals where they sacrificed babies. So mm. it was understandable as to why St. Patrick was so uh, offended by the situation. And yes. <laughs> got rid of any and all of these statues that were dedicated to him. So when you look at in the film, there are these circles of statues. And this was actually going back and, and referencing that. So in order to really appreciate this movie, you have to go back and learn about Irish culture and Irish yeah. history. Because outside of that, it's just, like I said, I feel like a commoner of, <laughs> like of uh, unable to appreciate anything. But the story, it just felt like it was just building up to his going in and get getting this eye from this death monster. 
And I was like, oh, it's probably going to be very difficult to do that. Nope. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. (laughs) (laughs) But then like right after it just like happens that the Viking attacks and then Brendan and Aiden take their long walk to try and finish the book and then come back only to appreciate the pretty pictures. And they don't really go into what the Book of Kells is or the significance of it. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that was a miss. And I, I understand that they're like, oh, I don't want to bring religion into this whole thing. But they were in an abbey. Yeah. You know, they had, <laughs> there's the cross there. And it was obvious if right. you were aware, like, what an abbey is, you know what I mean? That, that that's what, it, it's a Christian thing, you know? And so I, I was, I'm with you. I felt it would have been better served to lean further into it. Yeah. The actual book, the significance of the book, they lean heavy into, you know, the pagan elements, if you will, you know, the folklore elements that aren't related to Christianity. They're kind of blending the Irish folklore, the art, you know, mythology with the Christian elements, um, which can be more universal because it's not just an Irish religion. Right. Right. Well, and it's less known. And so there's less of a of a personal stigma attached Mm -hmm. to it for a lot of people. Right. Yeah, so I would have liked a little bit more balance if this book is so important and it's just, you know, if you're Irish, you know about this. This is something that you're very familiar with. It would do such a favor to the audience, Mm -hmm. the worldwide audience who is unfamiliar with this, just to explain it a bit more and to be true to it. Right. Rather than kind of veiling it in, it's just a book. It's pretty pictures. It's a special book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was like, why is it important? Why does it matter? Yeah, and- that I feel like was probably the the biggest miss because I had no connection. Like even when you're watching other movies that are d- depicting other religions, I can respect their devotion to their own re- works and their own religious. Like this is their their culture, their history, everything about them. Instead, they just said it's a pretty book with pretty pictures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ink pictures and details yay as opposed to having a like literally people die for their religion and if you are just taking that out i feel like you're really taking out like a reason to keep this manuscript safe as a religious person i feel that is a huge miss but even if you're not a religious person i feel like understanding the reasonings that they defend everything yeah if it's important to you, I should be able to respect that and understand why. So mm-hmm. that's my little rant on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like going in and actually learning and the things that they didn't talk about made this way more enjoyable to know. Yeah. Because you feel like you're like in on the secret of the Kells, mm-hmm. which was there a secret of the Kells? <laughs> was it just like the crumb cook? Like, what was that? I don't, I don't know. No, that's another thing. When I left this, I thought secret. What secret? Like, I, I don't know what they were referring to, you know? <laughs> right. What was so secret about it? I, that, the, that the book existed? That they were working on it? Did the book itself have a secret? Well, if you read the pages, we didn't really get that. Right. I feel like the directors and the writers of this were so impacted by The Thief and the Cobbler. And the thing is, when you look at The Thief and the Cobbler, it's the art that Richard Williams was focused on, not the story, which is why it like took so long to finish. Right. Because he got so involved in the actual art for art's sake and never really finished the whole story of mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And not having like a, a payoff. 
And I think that that's what a little bit of what happened here, because in the interview, he said he was like, I was 23. And so it was just understanding that. And especially when you're that young, yes, the animation is what catches your your imagination, but it, it's not the thing that will reach all of the audiences. And so you have to be able to have both. Mm -hmm. So it makes more sense as to why the pacing in the story itself was just kind of like lost to me. Yeah. And for that, I say, no, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I just appreciate story. <laughs> but going through that, I do want to talk about the animation because, wow, it really was a beautiful sight. I think it was beautiful, experimental, uh, not quite the kaleidoscope of color that the Song of the Sea would be in mm -hmm, the next mm -hmm. bit. But this was definitely the start of the cartoon saloon style that lets it stand on its own. Yeah. You know, one thing that they've done really well is that they are known for something. Mm -hmm. And I think that they have this very unique 2D animation style. It's stylized. It's distinct. When you see it, you think of them. And then pairing that on top, they have these, these films that are very much about Irish folklore. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing for them. I for think sure. the fact that they had this trilogy that they were planning on doing or that they have done really has benefited them because we know what to expect from them. And it's allowed them to get their foot in the door or get their foot in the ground a little bit, you know, while they're just getting started. Yeah. Kind of like with Laika, you know, Laika is kind of known for the stop motion. It's a little gritty and kind of horror-esque, uh -huh. a little more on, on, like it has a vibe, right, yes. that they're known for. And I think... Cartoon Saloon likewise has that. And I think that is its own marketing. Being able to say that this is that person's style and it's their stamp and I can recognize it all on its own. Like Studio Ghibli, they are known for their animation. They are known for specific things. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that Secret of Kells, as far as like a jumping off point for these guys, was a great start. So... One of the things that as I was watching this movie, <clears throat> the main character, Brendan, mm -hmm. I was watching it. And I'm like, especially as you get halfway into it, I think you kind of alluded to this and said this as well. You know, I'm like, what is his driving force? You know, he's our main character. We lead off with the scene with him chasing the goose and getting the feathers, you know, and he's some sort of apprentice in this abbey. but He's not allowed to, to write. And I kind of was thinking to myself, well, what is his what does he want? What is his I want? What is yeah. his thing? That's driving him. And all I could really figure out maybe at the beginning was just that he was an apprentice and he wanted kind of more. He wanted to be a full fledged part of the Abbey. I mean, he's, he's a young kid that just wants to be able to, he wants to go outside. He wants to see things and he's curious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that there's much more than curiosity until later on when he yeah. has met his illuminating influence. I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, and also the Illuminator. So Aiden is the this kind of eccentric guy who is, I mean, he's basically an artist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So he has escaped from the island of Iona in Scotland. Historically, Iona was destroyed by the Vikings, and then they went over to, I to Ireland, and that is where they created a mo the Monastery of Kells. And... It's not historically correct that he was the only person who survived this attack. But as for keeping characters on a minimum, <laughs> mm -hmm. the, it's just like, ah, just make it one. So he comes over with his cat 
who gets, you know, it gets its own theme song, which I was pretty impressed with, Pangerbum. And even the name of the cat has its own Irish, like it's after an Irish poem, you know? So it's like, there's so many things in here, Easter eggs for those who want to go in and dig a little bit more. <laughs> and in the show notes, I have gone through and I've watched several different Secret of Kells history and mythology videos. And I've put in my favorite as well as a link to worldhistory.org book of Kells, where you can learn more about this stuff. But once Aiden comes in. Brandon is like, hey, you are much more of a free spirit as opposed to the abbot, his uncle. The abbot is very, he's very concerned about the health and welfare of his people and thinks that that is the most important thing as opposed to just preserving a book. And yeah. so you're looking at the two outlooks on life. So Aiden is much more of the, it's all about the book, save the book. And abbot's like, uh, we can't save the book if we don't have people. So we're going to save the people, <laughs> which I mean, I get. <laughs> but from Brendan's point of view, Aiden is a lot more of his style. He leans more in the let's focus on the art and, and draw and, and build this book for other generations. And Abbott's like, let's build the walls. Mm -hmm. Stop the Vikings from coming in or the northern, the people from the north. Yeah, it, it's just Brendan wants to leave or just explore. And Aiden's like, oh, go get me these berries so I can write and make ink. And he's like, uh, I can't leave. Sure you can. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he just goes out into the, to this forest and the artwork in the forest was just phenomenal. That's where he meets the spirit. Aisling? Aisling. Mm -hmm. Forest fairy. Yes, the forest fairy. I liked her. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was expecting her to have a bit more of a, a bigger role. Yeah. You know, especially since she, like, when you think of this movie, at least the, the most famous poster image is her eyes, you know, with all the leaves around her. Right. And so you think, oh, you know, she's going to, they're going to team up and they're going to do this together. Right. Um, it's much and more she's, of a secret she, than what you would. Mm -hmm. And, and they meet understand. each other and they have this moment where they're talking and, you know, they help each other. And then from that point on, they really, her, her little fairy form, he never encounters again. Yeah. She's, you know, she's either a wolf or something else. Uh-huh. She helps him get into the Crom Cook area. Mm -hmm. Which, once again, it was like that little fight. Just draw him in a circle. And now he's stuck. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep your chalk right next to you and you got this. That was weird. I'm not going to lie. That was weird. <laughs> and not weird in the fact that that's what it was. It's just the fact that it, it felt like he was building up to that. And it yeah. was just nothing. It was like, I felt like there wasn't a climax that really kept your attention. And it was just kind right. of like a series of things that happened. But it was really sad. Like, she's, she comes up and she, by opening the gate, she basically kills her human form. Yeah. Is that what happened? I don't, mm, I'm not sure. Sort of seemed like, because it was after that, you never see her human form. Mm -hmm. But she did help him, and she did make fun of him for falling out of the tree. So <laughs> they're friends. So a couple different moments at the very beginning, you had this point where he's talking, uh, Brandon is talking to all of the other monks. And first off, I I was very intrigued to know how many accents were given amongst all of these monks. I was like, wow, everybody, this is a very well-traveled group. <laughs> yeah. Very diverse. And they're trying to explain who Aiden is. And 
the the book of Iona and they're telling all these weird stories of like, no, he had a third eye. No, he had three arms. And like, oh, it's yeah. just like the moments like that helped to kind of blur the lines between reality of what you're of what you're being shown and maybe imagination. So is the crumb cook just part of his imagination? I mean, it doesn't seem like that because he actually gets a stone out of the whole thing. Um, but there's a lot of right, right. There's a lot of of vagueness that you're like, what of what is being presented is reality versus Brendan's imagination. So I still don't know, <laughs> but it was really pretty. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's really interesting the fact that this film was kind of so revered and so highly requested. I feel like there wasn't a lot of meat to the bone. It was pretty and visually everything you could want. But as far as narratively and characters, the plot, it wasn't as thriving or engaging as I would have liked it to have been. Mm -hmm. I remember someone specifically telling me that Secret of Kells would make me cry. And so going into this, I was expecting. But now I'm wondering, was it Secret of Kells that they said this about? Because there is at no point in time was I emotionally connected enough to shed a tear. I mean, the abbot was shot with an arrow. That was sad. <laughs> that was sad. But he, he survived, so <laughs> yeah, all good. <laughs> it's fine. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> if I were to tell somebody about this movie, I would say, please go learn about this stuff first and then mm-hmm. go into it knowing all of these connections. Because if you don't know anything about the history, history of Ireland, the Book of Kells, if you don't understand any of this or even have some type of connection to the to Irish art style, music or lore, then you're going to be really lost and it's not going to mean anything. You're going to be really impressed by the pictures, but that's about it. I mean, and then is that a sign of a good film where you have to do all this research ahead of time to be prepared for what you're going to watch? I'm going to say no. <laughs> right. It's a filmmaker's job to tell you everything that you need to know so that way you have a full understanding and an enjoyable experience. Now, do you think the filmmakers cared? About what? I mean, about making sure we really understood what the Book Book of Kells was. No, because they went out of their way not to tell you what it See, was. It's so, so interesting. It's like, hey, there's this book and it's amazing. And let's how can we make a movie about it? Right. And so then in the process of creating the movie about it, they just forget they just ignore the book. Yeah. And, in a way. And that's, or why the book is, has any type of emotional connection. See, if you were to actually play into the Christian audiences, hey, this book is one of the reasons why we have a Bible in our life today. It, mm-hmm. it isn't because if you actually look at the the book itself, like there's a lot of of thought that it was probably more of a showpiece rather than something that a priest would read because there's errors, there's spelling errors and even like repeated stories in it. So it was like somebody didn't really focus on that. It probably was just like reading a picture book to, to a child who can't read. And when you look at like the people of the time of 900s, AD, then you're dealing with the people who haven't had, it's the dark ages, you know? So mm-hmm. it is like reading to a child who can't read. And so you are focusing a lot more on the pictures, but even still having the connection of this is something that we still revere today. We still have echoes of this in our life today. 
and see how this has made a, a difference in your life, you're able to emotionally connect to the story way more than just mm -hmm. it's a book with pretty pictures. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I'm really conflicted with this movie. <laughs> I just feel like by not wanting to dig into the to the meat, you're really just leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, it stinks because there was a lot to this. I think the fairy girl could have could have maybe been more there, um, but maybe not. Maybe she was appropriately there. And this was Brendan's story. I, I think Brendan did have a good little arc. Uh -huh. You know, we got to see him. You know, he he was not really given any leeway. He he was behind the palace gates, mm -hmm. behind the abbey gates the whole time, you know, and then he does kind of escape and he, he does he does good for the book and for but why does this matter? Why is he doing this for the book? That would have been better. You know, and he, he gets the eye and then he gets the berries and they are able to, you know, then they leave. They he gets older. They complete the book. And he comes back and, and he was able to do something really cool with his life. You know? Yeah. He has an arc. You know, he he does do stuff. Yeah. But would have liked more. I, I, you know, he doesn't stay and defend the Abbey, but that's not what he's called to do. Uh -huh. he, he's to protect the book at all costs. Right. Yeah. But why? Again, it's just <laughs> why does the book matter? Right. Well, so. and it's like if you wanted to dig into the lore, like because you have Cromcock, especially if you know that the people who revered and worshipped this pagan god were like sacrificing babies, then you also understand the the death that comes around this belief system even. And so they could have really leaned into that more and brought more of that to the surface, maybe. Maybe they thought that, that would they would muddy the waters, but it's hard not to when you're looking at, right. at the reality of the of the story. And some people would be like, oh, well, that's just because you're looking at it from a very specific point of view of of the Christian person who went in and, and took over the area, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. You're looking at the fact that like these people were killing babies. No, mm -hmm. I am not a relativist, meaning there is right and wrong and killing babies like sacrificing on an altar and all these things. It's just not okay. So I don't think that it will ever be emotionally compelling to just not want to take a side in anything. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know what else to say about this movie. <laughs> I liked yeah. the, I, I liked the art. I would love to see a book of the art of Kells. Mm -hmm. I would love to see that. In addition to the actual book of Kells. Yes, go to Ireland yes. to see that. <laughs> yes, that will be on our list of things to go see when we go. Yes, yes absolutely. They do. It, so apparently it was, it's been kind of broken up into four volumes instead of the one big book. And hmm. there, there's a library in like in Ireland that does at any point in time have, you know, one of the volumes huh. available for viewing. So you can see the art and everything about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. If you ever go to Ireland, you got to do your research. You know, I think if you're going to visit a place, you know, unlike a movie, you got to do your research, yeah. be prepared. That way you can enjoy the experience that much more learning on the go or while you're there. Sure, that's great. But be able to fully understand everything that you're going to be doing. I think that's important. So if I were ever go to Ireland, I'd be researching, reading all sorts of books about the history of Ireland and this and that and really make the most out of my trip. I mean, I like the fact that he that they tried to bring in all of the aspects 
of it because even the paganistic rituals and things like it does color the landscape and to know more about it is to know more about it and to be able to say i appreciate how this culture has shifted over time and where everything all of the influences that make you as a community you Mm -hmm. so what would you rate this movie i would give the movie itself just because I, I lean so heavily on story that it's hard for me to look at this and really give it that great of a review because it just didn't go anywhere. And so I would give it probably two stars. But if, like I said, if you're looking at just the art and the artistic endeavor, I mean, that's a five star. Right. <sighs> yeah. So I'm going to give this movie two and a half stars. I love the art and I thought it was very beautiful and viewing this film was very visually appealing and enjoyable. I, I, anytime there was any sort of really cool geometric patterns and shapes that they were doing, they had great color palette. I really enjoyed it visually. The music was great too, Mm -hmm. which I, I enjoyed the background tracks that they had chosen and the music and the instruments. Yes. I liked that, but and I, I liked the characters. I feel like they had just a few characters. The character designs were really cool. I loved how each one of the monks, there was the, the big, the big one who was very old, like had this arch shape to him mm-hmm. and he kind of towered over everybody. And then there were smaller ones and, you know, the, even just their designs were very geometric. Yeah. And so it was all, it all fit together. And then there's Aiden um, and the Abbot and they kind of have this relationship that's, you know, typical. And I, I would have liked a little more of the Abbot to to have a little bit more of the reasoning why he was choosing one or the other. But I, I guess with him, it was just all in on the wall and everything else was being forgotten. Um, and then I love the new character that came in when Aiden came in. It, it's yeah, there's a small group of characters, but they they were interesting enough. I just would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more of the story I feel like leaning into the Christian element of the Book of Kells and why it mattered. I mean, you there were there were crosses in this film. Mm-hmm. It was obvious without kind of being obvious. You know, they're not going to they aren't going to mention Christ or Christianity, Christianity. But I feel like that would have been a good thing. I, this, I'm reminded of there's a series on Netflix and it's about the Vikings um, in England and it's called The Last Kingdom. And it's very, very good. And in the very first season, the king is is very devout and to what his religion to Christianity. Okay, and his religion is the driving force for him. And you understand why and you understand what's motivating him. And it's real. And it's it's sometimes it's it's a bit too far how how pious he is. Right. And for that, it just made the first season phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. They lean into, I mean, it's obviously it's a fiction, right? Based on true characters, potentially. Um, and but they just lean into like what was really there at the time instead of trying to hide it or yeah. just talk about it or talk around it. So uh, that's a good example of kind of doing that right from you know having you know Christianity at the center. Yeah, you know, not not it's not preachy. That's the thing. It's it's. These stories isn't to say, hey, you need to be this. It's right. just, hey, here's a story about something that happened. Um, what can you learn from it? And this is who this character is. Because of it, yes. So, um, you know, I, I was thinking that as I was watching this. I'm like, oh, I, I see the parallels there, especially the similar timeline, kind of ninth century 
when the Vikings were really in their heyday and they were attacking every, anyone and everyone around that area. So because why I, not? I'd recommend, I would recommend over the Book of Kells, I would recommend The Last Kingdom. I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay. It's, it's very good. So there you go. I think a lot of Christians, when they create movies, everything is a little bit, they feel like the need to be a little bit over in the preacher side. Which makes for a bad story <laughs> because nobody really wants to be, no matter what your ideology is, no one wants to be preached to. Like, mm-hmm. hard stop, stop. But as a character development tool, there's these aspects of being able to look at humanity as a whole. And like, this is something that we end up doing. We as as characters in life want, we have goals and we have a desire and we have a a, a vision of reality. and that is how we act and react in all situations. And so I guess what I'm saying is there is, as you were saying, there's ways to do it without being preachy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the last kingdom as well, the, the main character, Uhtred, son of Uhtred, he works with, he's a Viking, um, but he ends up having to work with the King of England and he is very, he has his pagan Viking religion and so there's that as well, where they're trying to convert him. There's uh-huh. people in his life who are converting. And it's always just this this thing that he is true to and the king is true to. And there's things that are at odds and very, very interesting. I think a lot of people would really enjoy it. So. Yeah, cool. There you go. That is our discussion of The Secret of Kells with a little, little bit of The Last Kingdom at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> Both very enjoyable. I, I'm glad I saw this movie. You know what? I finally get to see what was all the hype about. Yeah. Didn't quite see it, but could appreciate the artistry. Yeah. I mean, just like Thief and the Cobbler. I don't, I, yes. I'm not going to go back and rewatch Thief and the Cobbler just because yes. it's like, oh, it's, it, the story hurts. It just hurts. But the artistry is something that I will never forget. Really such a shame that we never got that final finished. I know. Richard Williams, The Thief and the Cobbler. But you know what? Maybe that was the legacy. That is the legacy, that it was this long, drawn-out thing. It was this epic, amazing, could have been, what could have been, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a tragic story, but that is the legacy, you know? Yeah. All right. Let us know your thoughts on The Secret of Kells. Go to rotoscopers.com slash 261. You can leave your thoughts there. And, of course, we will be here for our next episode. We are excited to be continuing talking about the different Disney eras. And next time we're going to be talking about the Silver Age. We're going into the 50s now. Get your poodle skirts out. Yes. That's all we have for today. Until next time. We are the Rotoscopers. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening. <laughs>